up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. Not much can be gleaned on just four days of practice, especially without pads on. It's just kind of like these motherfuckers out there doing seven on sevens and shit. But you you seeing shit, right? You seeing like kind of the ideas that they're putting together and this and that. So I want to get to some of the things that we've seen in the first four days. Um, before we even get to that, uh, a couple signings went down last week. Byron Pringle, lately of the Bears, with, was with Kansas City for four years. And also Michael Badgley. I think he was on the Chargers last year for a time. Kicker to come oh, in and, and challenge. Ryan's, uh, what's, what's my, my man's name? Um, Joey Sly. Joey Sly. <laughs> I think that we should have seen some kicking competition. Byron Pringle being here, uh, I don't know if he has a chance to make the roster. He probably will, but it, to me, that's more like, let's get another ex-chief in the room that helps, you know, convey this complicated offense to a first-time quarterback and a bunch of young wide receivers, this and that. You guys have any thoughts on either of the signings? I think Pringle more likely to make the team than Badgley. Mm. I don't know if you saw Badgley's kickoff numbers. That guy ain't making his team. He's terrible at kickoff. Yeah. Well, Joey Sly's terrible at extra points. It's a tra- it's a, tra- <laughs> it's a, tra- it's a tra- trade-off. Yep. But, yeah, I remember what it was like when our kicker couldn't kick it out the end zone. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I have that. But to that point, too, also, we know Ron's love affair with Joey Sly. Like, Joey's going to be on the roster, but – like I've been preaching, I'm just glad they brought a leg in so they can say, okay, we we got our eyes on somebody in case Joey falls off the rails. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of just going into the year with just Joey, you never had another leg in camp. Like, I know Badgley might be weak with the kickoffs, Cliff, but if it comes down to it and Joey out here missing extra points versus Dallas again, he got to get the fuck. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, it's, it's a warning, right? Yeah, absolutely. It puts, it puts Sly on notice. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of surprising they didn't have any competition, like, Leading into camp, so I'm not surprised that they brought in a kicker, even one like Michael Basley, who probably could kick for us. But um, yeah, weaker leg. I mean, we all remember that 56 yarder that Sly banged versus Philly last year, which was a, a crucial kick in that game. Um, we even had a kicker in, uh, I feel like many kickers that could bang like a almost 60 yard field goal. Don't want to go back to that. So, what are your thoughts on, on Byron Pringle then? He has some return history, like he could definitely be the kick returner or the punt returner because we need that role filled. Um, uh, nobody on the current roster from last year. I mean, Dax Milley has some experience, but no, no, we're done with that experiment. Uh, what is, what's his benefit of being here, you think? I mean, obviously, like you said, he knows the offense. There's somebody who's familiar with EB. I don't know if he's going to take a job. Obviously, he's going to have an opportunity because he would be probably in the 5-6 range as far as the wide receivers on the roster. So he'd more so be battling the Dax Milnes, the Kemps, He's not taking any time from the top three or even Diami, in my opinion, who's apparently having a strong camp. Um, well, well, let's break it down. Real, let's break it down real quick. You know, uh, go through a depth chart. We'll talk about where you think he ranks right now. And for what it's worth, he's a fine player. He's OK. I mean, he's definitely on par with the guys who are like the back of the roster guys. But he was kind of unproductive last year with the Bears. He had like 10 catches like 200 yards the entire season, cost $8 million. I'm like, ugh, that, that sounds – it was a bad taste in your mouth when you see them sort of stats. But he does know EB's offense. So, obviously, he's not a, ahead of Terry, Jahan, or Curtis. Um, could he push 
Diamond off the roster, it's more likely maybe like a Dax Milne could go. Maybe Kemp is he's, he's here at expensive Kemp since they both play special teams. So where would you rank him in that little four through seven? I think he's there for Dax spot. Yeah, that's the only one I could truly think of. I'm with Cliff. If he's going to take it, I'm not, but I still think Dax is going to make the roster. I don't know, but when the pads come on, we're going to see preseason mm-hmm. games. We're going to see. You think it's more likely that Pringle and Kemp make it, or that Pringle replaces either Brown or Milne? Um, honestly, for me, that's more so going to come down to what we're going to see from Mister Casimir Allen in the return game because you got to keep in mind if he potentially takes the roster spot, some one of them ain't going to have a job. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I personally think it's between the Pringles, the Kemp's, Allen, Milne. Who am I missing? Um, who's the guy we spoke of that was undrafted? Tinsley. Tinsley like I think yeah. a lot. This this is more so like special teams. Like who's going to provide something in that angle? Yeah, I think personally, it's I think Kemp and Brown are both on. I think six is either going to be Pringle, Brown, or Kaz Allen. I like you said. I think it's. Going to come down to who can return punts. Brown, hold up. You got Diami down at six? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I misspoke. I think that Kemp and Brown are on no matter what. Four, five, five, four. I don't know what the order is, but they're both mm-hmm. safely on. Number six is Pringle, Milne, or a Kaz yeah. Allen. Just depends on yeah, that's who can return that. kicks. And, sure. you know, maybe they they run it back like an 0-10 and, and keep seven guys. Like, it depends on the rest of the roster and the way it shakes out. It, it doesn't seem like a wise roster building strategy to have seven wide receivers, but they might not want to lose any of these guys. Who, I mean, who really knows? We'll see when they put, when they put the pads on, man. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I think <laughs> one of those things were like, <laughs> yeah. it's, the bottom, it's the bottom of the wide receiver roster, which means if you make, <laughs> if you make plays, that's how you're going to get ahead. Yeah. Facts. You got to make plays during the game and practice. Yep. Definitely, definitely, definitely. All right. Let's talk about the fans, man. Um, a lot has been made about the resurgence of the fans coming back to camp this year. And honestly, like, it's, I remember going to camp when I was a little boy, going to Frostburg with my dad, going um, to uh, when they were in Hershey for a little, where, where, where were they in Latrobe? Not Latrobe. Carlisle? Carlisle. Carlisle. Car- Why can't I remember fucking Carlisle? Uh, funny story about Carlisle. I spilled an entire McDonald's milkshake in my dad's brand new Volvo. And I think that's the last time we ever went. I, <laughs> no, it, in fairness to me, the bottom fell out the McDonald's cup. I didn't just spill like a dummy. That joke just like collapsed, but still. My dad was like, all right, this is the last time we're doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even back when, like in the in the Gibbs 2 area, when we went to camp and you saw Sean and Clinton and Santana and them, and, and it just felt like the fans were all the way invested in the team. And for the past like 15 years, it hasn't been like that. And, you know, as recently as like 2021 and 2022, you got like five people show up to training camp on fan day and shit. It's just an embarrassing look for the franchise that had fallen so far, but it kind of seems like, Folks were ready to buy in on, on whatever they were selling on Josh Harris. Just, I mean, the team is like almost like secondary at this point. People are just happy to be away from Dan Snyder and come back and, and enjoy themselves. And I don't know if y'all heard that little thing that Michael Sellers did on 106 this past week. Definitely check that out if you did. He was very emotional talking about how the alumni had been like boxed out and how good it felt to actually come back to Ashburn and be around the team again, be there for the young dudes and this and that. It's just, it, it was sad to hear him how emotional he was about it. No, I definitely heard about that. I didn't listen to it, but I, I need to go back and peep that. Um, but we, we talked about it in the chat. That just tells you how much of a scumbag Dan was, as we all know. Like, he alienated the fan base. He alienated the legends. Like, you got, <laughs> you got, you got to be one scummy motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, completely, you know, piss off grown men that bad where they have 
no intention of ever coming back to your facility or the games. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, we know how the fan base felt about him. Um, but we haven't seen I, we haven't seen this reaction really probably since R- RG right 2012 because camp was pretty packed then. And I want I feel like it's died down from 2014 on, and that's not even a shot at Kirk, but it wasn't. Kirk didn't have a lot of fanfare, you know what I'm saying, when he became the starter. Um, and it's just like, it just seems like everybody is, you know, they basically did what they said we are going to do. If the owner ever sells the team, they'll come back. And it's just good to see because we have so many local media radio hosts who love to say, like, you know, this fan base is dead. They're going to have to start from scratch. Nobody's coming back. All mm-hmm. the old, older season tickets, none of them coming back. And I'm going to be honest with you, most of the interviews that I was seeing on television was a bunch of older people. Um, so it kind of seems like everyone is re-energized, and I'm just hoping to translate to, you know, week one. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You're talking about week one sellout. Look, Snyder, Snyder's like one of the rare people where <laughs> no one benefited from him. There's like not a single good thing that came of this, of his ownership. Not a single one. Right? Like, I think the only person who might not be pissed at him is maybe Vinny Serrato. Like, <laughs> so I'm just laughing, picturing Vinny right now. He just like hovered <laughs> over the team yeah. in a way that made you resent, like, it made some fans resent the team. Because it was something they cared about so much, and he fucking ruined it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the announcement to happen like right before camp started, it's like this was also this was like part of the celebration yep. of him leaving. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was the week before. It sort of rolled into the in, into it. Hard knots probably should have done our team. Mm-hmm. Frankly, and think about it. But of course they came back because these people still watch the team. Yep. Right. All these people, all this shit where people act like we're acting like, oh, I don't give a fuck about that team. <laughs> I understand the place was empty, the stadium was empty. They still watching, Cliff. They still watched. They still mm-hmm. had the group chats about the team. Yep. They still knew what was going on. You know. Uh-huh. So I think this just it just feels like a breath of fresh air. Honestly, it, it feels like I'm rooting for a new team. Uh huh. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Uh huh. I mean, it doesn't hurt the team was supposed to be good. Well, they're not supposed to be good. Yeah. We think they could be Let's good. Clear, yeah. We, well, we us on here think that. Yeah. Vegas does not yeah. think that they're going to be good. I think I saw something that they're only favored in two games. Boost. Love it. Love it. I mean, we'll get to that in later pods. I, I don't yeah. think we're tripping. I think this is a good team. I mean, look, they went 8-8-1 eight, eight with, you know, uh, Heineke and Wentz combination quarterback. You know, we're not even going to get to that. There's future pods that we'll talk about why these people in Vegas may or may not be right. But as far as the fans coming back, it, it's, it really is kind of like a rejoice, like a, like a rebuke of Snyder and an embrace of the new group that's coming in. Like, it's like sight unseen, man. Like, we don't know if the team is going to be good. We have no idea. But they were fucking out in droves, ten grand on Friday for fan day out that joint, like six feet strong behind the fence, even going behind like towards the woods behind the end zone. Like people were out there, and I haven't seen like that since like Gibbs too, like oh five oh six. Like people were really excited to be out there. Maybe for RG, maybe I, I, I probably for RG three, but definitely not since then. Yeah, but you know with RG, everybody wasn't in. 
Yeah, because they still hated Dan, for sure. Right? Like, everybody, there are people that were like, well, this is a Dan pick, therefore I don't yeah. like it. Like, yeah. this is, I think the difference here is everybody's in, right? No one's like, man, I wish Schneider was still here. There's not a single person saying that. Yeah. The whole fan base, this is like the first time in a while that our collective fan base are on the same happy yeah. about something. <laughs> We're happy about the same thing. There's no trolling on Twitter of some asshole, you know, commies one eight four eight seven eight nine trying to claim that like <laughs> really we we should have kept Snyder. Snyder was a good like there is none of that. Everybody's in agreement. That guy mm-hmm. had to fucking go. It'll be better when he's gone. So now it's time to win games. Yeah. Would that would that fan yell at Ron? It's all about football now or something like mm-hmm. that. What did he mm-hmm. say? Yep. That's what he said. It's all about football. All that yeah. nonsense is in, is in the past. Yeah. Y'all see uh, Don Geronimo get kicked out and fired from Big 100 over the shit with Shelly McBride? Ooh. I was just, just reading about that. Ass. Like, you're, you're, yeah. you're another scumbag. You're a scumbag. Good. You got exposed. I'm glad. Go ahead, Paul. I know you're about to talk, speak on uh, it, though. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm sure at this point, everybody listening to this probably has heard what happened. Like, he yelled, like, hey, Barbie. Uh, oh, I thought she was one of the chillers. I mean, being just just a typical just scumbag, being very uh, misogynistic. How professional is that, though, dog? Mm-hmm. Like, you're on air. Nigga, like, what? Not even saying to do it off air, but that's so unprofessional, bro. Well, I mean, also think about who you're, who you're talking about, man. Think about who you're talking about. Like, it, it probably isn't a shock at all that the people who are listening to that radio station probably would, like, not not even, like, support that message, but, like, they probably didn't think any of it. They were probably just like, oh, that's just Don being Don. I'm glad that yeah. the team moved quickly to get them out of there. Uh, you know you know what they're saying right now. See, cancel culture. Right. Cancel culture stuff. Right. I don't really know much about that guy, though, but apparently that's his history. I didn't know he was like that. Don Geronimo. I know his name's Don Geronimo. Yeah, yeah, Cliff, that was a red flag for sure. Right. Yeah, real name is like real name like Michael Scholar or something like that. I'm like, how'd you get Don Geronimo from Michael? You know what? I'm gonna let you cook. Go ahead, Don. Um, <laughs> it's ironic that that would happen during a week where this portion of the fan base is like begging for the name back, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. That like something like that would happen and. That has to be the friend. But this person has to be fired, be banned, period. Like, yeah. give the person should be banned regardless. But given the the team's history, yeah. with women like that cannot fly at all. And then you sort of pair that with like me seeing petitions online to bring mm-hmm. back the old name. Yep. What is wrong? What the hell is going on here? Uh, these motherfuckers got too much dip on their chip. That's what's up. I mean, they think that, oh my God, Snyder's gone. Now everything can go back the way it was. I'm like, slow down. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, again, <laughs> one local media sports host says 90% of the Native Americans like it. So what? what why not, Cliff? What's the big deal? You know? Because yeah, he, he gives a fuck what Native Americans like. Get exactly. the fuck out of here. Exactly. I mean, his own BFF Paul Scott Van Pelt told him, stop it. It's not happening. And you sound crazy in saying this. And it's just yeah. like, to dismiss that, to, to even say 90%, and then you're also dismissing the 10%, whatever, wherever he's getting these stats from. Like, 
Nigga, if it offends anyone, it's a fucking problem. And it's Cliff, y'all, y'all both know how I felt about it. Like, cause I was one of the biggest bad. Like, nah, don't change it. But when you yeah. actually sit back, and that day we had a FedEx when they came up to us, the Native Americans, like that was the that was a light bulb for me. You know what I'm saying? I I should have had more of a light bulb prior to that. But like, no, bro, if it offends someone, leave it alone. Like, it's not coming back. Cut the shit. And it seems like they're pushing it's, it's, for. It's it disgusting. Like they, they pushing for the name change because with the hope that they'll go back to the old name. I'm not going back to the old name, man. When really all that's going to happen is they're going to pick a new name that people not don't gonna like. like again. Yep. And then people are going to take it out in that ownership. Yeah. My advice to that ownership, don't even talk about the name. Tread lightly. All right. Just stay away from that one because that, that's a landmine to me. I don't... There's three of us on this call. I I already supported the name change, but I didn't really care what they changed it to. I wasn't like, hey, it's got to be, it's got to honor, but why the fuck's the name need to honor anything? What the fuck does the Lions honor in Detroit? What the fuck is that? Why why do they need to honor something? Just name the team something and move the fuck on. Just make sure it's not racist. (laughs) I mean, I don't really care about the Clarendon thing. I'm not bothered by it. I think. I don't know. I don't know who named it, and I don't really care because I just didn't want the name to be racist anymore. I think a significant number of people in our fan base don't actually care about the name that much, right? But the people that do care about the name are a very loud group. They won't shut the fuck up. But these are the same. But that was the same group that wanted to keep the name. But it's also a group that, and I'm gonna be honest. I hate the fucking name. Y'all know that. We all do. I'm more so, I'm in the group of, I hate the fucking name. I wish they chose something better. Uh-huh. If they did choose something better, cool. But I'm not out here saying I want to go through another rebrand. I don't want to sit through all that shit again. But then you also got the group, Cliff, that's, I want the name back. I'm signing petitions. Why not go back to it? And it's just like, those people, I don't think they're ever going to be happy. You know what I'm saying? Not, unless right, it, right. Unless it goes back to that name. And it's not going back to that. So like you to your point, Whatever they do with it, if they change it, it's not going to be what they want. Uh-huh. They're not going to be happy. And, they're gonna, and then they're going to be mad at you. I care about the name until, like, probably like the day after they changed it. I kind of was just over it. I'm like, my entire life, I, I know that the name has had tremendous meaning in my life just because, you know, we all grew up in the area. We, we knew what it was like to, like, watch them when they were actually, like, winners. And we all have relationships probably going to games with our dads and this and that, yada, yada. Like, whatever. Like, a, the day after they changed the name, I was like, all right, man, let's just get back to winning games. Who cares? It's the name. I don't, if they call them the, the Washington dog shits, do you think I'm going to give a damn? Like, win some Super Bowls. That'd be great. Hashtag shits. <laughs> like, <laughs> Red Wolves. People doing, people doing their own little designs on Twitter. It's all it's, back. They're, they're back at it again. It's like, people, that is, one, that is not how. That's why, like, the conversation about the name in general, it's like, if you guys understood how these things work, you would know one person ain't make this decision. It's right. never one person. Right. And that's usually the biggest problem in the first fucking place. And I, I you know. Also, like, y- y'all motherfuckers realize that, like, we're, we would never get another sponsor in here if they even entertain right. bringing the name back like right. y'all, wanna, y'all want y'all yeah. want the name of the stadium to change y'all want to not be fedex for the rest of your lives you better tread lightly you want to be in dc 
You want Budweiser back? Exactly. And you better try. Well, I know some people Thank don't you. want Budweiser back, but that's for another podcast. Oh yeah, too. Oh, yeah. They don't want Budweiser back no more. Yeah, they don't want Budweiser back. They want to shoot the cans <laughs> like their man Kid Rock. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? It's funny you bring those people up because that shit ties together to me, Paul. And I'm not gonna make. And this isn't to make it a racial thing. For the most part, based on what I've seen, the people who have, who were like, don't change the name, then they're like, we need to change this name, let's change it back to the first the first name. They have tended to be a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll leave it at. I don't right. think that's I and, and and I guarantee if we went and checked their fucking voting. We wouldn't be surprised by that either, right? Because this is because because I feel like that team name has become part of like that sort of conversation where it's like you're changing this because you're being sensitive. Oh, it's the woke people that don't want us to have this name, uh-huh. right? It seems to be that that same vibe vibe is sort of crept in to this conversation. The one of the most frustrating parts about it is like you have like these people who want the name back because like the Kevin Sheens of the world. Like I'm not gonna speak to how sensitive or insensitive he is. He wants the name back. It, it, to me, it seems just like why argue this? You know, it can't come back. And then there's some like bad faith actors who are just like doing that for that crowd. But it's, it's hard to even diver- differentiate between y'all two mm-hmm. because to me, you all look equally dumb. It's just like mm-hmm. why are you doing this? Why for what? Why right? It's like why. You, do you are you not going to root for the teams that are the commanders? So then, what are we talking about here? This, God, this well, this man back to the Sheen point, Paul. Like this man said, put <laughs> they need to have a designated section in the dictionary where you have t- a definition of Redskins football team in Washington D.C. That's what this is what Sheen said, and I'm just like, nigga, what? But he also named the team this because of Native Americans. Because he was a racist piece of shit, George Marshall. Uh huh. Yep. But you know what? We we know Everybody. how it is with we know how it is with history in this country. When it comes to certain people, there well, is an increased effort to just make up history. Have me in church for a second, Cliff. I was about to say, wow, because because <laughs> I feel like we're just That's going real. down that same lane with this shit, <laughs> and their goal is just to it's always to set the clock back. Hmm. It's never about moving shit forward, right? It, yep. It wasn't until recently Shane started being loud about, or that group started being loud about, let's just call them the Redskins again, right? But you knew they were getting to that point. Mm-hmm. You knew that's what this was about all along. You don't give a shit about them being called commanders, watching a football. A year ago, you're like, well, when we just call them the football team, I like that name. No, you don't. You mm-hmm. want the racist name back. Just be open about it and be honest about it. That doesn't make you racist. I mean, maybe it does. <laughs> Let's get back to the team on the field. Sorry, sorry, guys. All right. <laughs> Obviously, uh, we, we talked about how, like, you know, these guys are in shorts and T-shirts. Not much to take on it, but I, I do want to go over the weekend and talk about what we've seen so far. I think a few of the bigger notes, uh, like Chase Young looking really explosive again, uh, seeing uh, – I think Howell having a rapport with Dami Brown so far in camp, uh, how good the secondary has looked, how up and down the O-line has looked at points. Um, let's talk about all of it, but I want to ask you guys if anything that's really stuck out for you so far in the first week of camp. 
First, we account you. I got. I am pretty much. When it comes to camp, I got two rules. <laughs> if there are no pads, then this doesn't really matter, right? Two. What are the things going into camp that I'm wondering about? Right, like that's what I'm gonna follow early in camp. I'm not gonna be like, oh, this. Hey, another great play by the ninth corner who went to Valdosta State that you've never heard. I don't like, come on, that guy's not making the team, right? Like, I'm not going to be like, man, did you guys hear about that fucking corner from Nickel State? He's been killing it. That's not, that's, to me, those kind of play, like the Marco Mitchell stories, those things aren't, like, remember we read about Terrell Pryor cooking camp, mm-hmm. remember? So going yeah. to camp this year, it's Chase. How's Chase's knee? How Sam looked. That's all I'm really focused on. The O line, even the O line, it's like, what are we gonna know about this O line? Is going against, in my opinion, a top three D line. Of yep. course, they're getting their asses kicked. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like they should be getting. They're gonna get their asses kicked out here. I would be shocked if they didn't. Yeah. I'd be like, what's up? What's wrong with you niggas? And yep. even for <laughs> even for Hal and the offense, it's like. The defense has a lot of continuity, like a ton of continuity. They're adding pieces. There's first-round picks everywhere. Of course, the offense is going to have days where they look like shit. They're facing yep. a fucking t- – like Sam is – Sam House facing a top three defense all camp with no game plan. It's like they're game planning for him. So there's nothing that's really stood out yet. I think I think it's just been good that there are things that we're not hearing, and I think that's what <laughs> makes me feel good. If we were hearing, oh man, Chase looks kind of slow. I'd be so uh-huh. worried. I'd be so yeah, worried, man. I'm, or if we were if we were I'm, just reading, oh, Sam is just missing everything. Every there you go. Yep. To that point, like like you said, it's the first week. They still in shorts, and they're not really doing nothing. And also. To the point where yesterday I was seeing a bunch of people talk about Sam had his worst day of all during camp. Yep. But what people also need to understand is you don't know the situation. Like, you don't know what the enemy is asking of a team to do in that certain situation when he's when he has bad throws or bad – when he had through, through the interception of Forbes. Obviously, it was a bad pass, but to that point, no line is going to get their ass whooped because, one, there's no pads on. Two, they're only going through, like, passing situations. They've, they basically told us that. Mm-hmm. They haven't done anything with the run game, so you can't really say how the old line is looking good or bad because they have they're not they haven't done anything. As an old yeah. lineman, you you're looking to get physical, you're looking to set your, you know. <laughs> it's also it's also July thirtieth, you know. I mean, yeah, for, Paul, uh, right. even you, even you. though the pad's not on, it's also day five of training camp. Like they're gonna get more, uh, they're gonna coalesce in, the, in the next six weeks. Yeah, of course. And like I said, for offense in camp, the offense is not game planning for the defense. Mm-hmm. They're just the calling is, plays. They the know what we're doing. All your stuff. They've been seeing it since fucking minicamp. It's facts. Oh, they, they should be kicking their shit. ass. Right. Yeah. Like, especially when you have a defense that is like, they're not. We're not breaking in a lot of new players on defense. Facts. What? What's facts. Forbes? Forbes and Barton, basically. Right. Everybody mm. else was here last year. Yep. Every other single one, Quan Martin, but well, yeah, Quan, I mean, like he's not he's not in the starting eleven, but like basically, if you took our two deep, yeah. we're breaking in like a handful of people. 
Mm-hmm. Pretty much. This defense has the potential to be – I think we're going to look back and be like, man, it's probably for the best that this is who this defense, this offense had to face daily. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, week one versus Arizona, it ain't, ain't going to look like that out there. Mm-mm. Uh-huh. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, there are a couple of small like, individual things we can speak on while we're not talking about the, the greater picture. Um, I, I heard that Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson both slimmed down quite a bit, both look like in better shape. And I think they, they mentioned during the week uh, how Robinson had said, I didn't feel like myself since you know I got shot last that's September 5th. Since right? I got shot. Right. And that's such a horrible on the way I just phrased it. me. I don't <laughs> phrase it, but just to be matter of fact, he was like, oh, yeah. Guys, <laughs> it's the irony of it, Paul. The man got shot in his leg. <laughs> People were like, why is he not running hard? <laughs> yeah, nigga, 30 carries his first game back. Ron's like, feed him again. <laughs> Oh, but you God. know what's funny? I felt like there was a little bit of period where Robinson did look like he had his burst back, but then his body wore down. Yeah. Right? Like, in between the fact that you you were shot, and then it, it's your rookie year, we were giving him a lot of carries, especially during that winning streak. Mm-hmm. So it's good to hear that he his, – his burst is like uh, – he's not a, a breakaway runner. But the one thing I could tell is he he probably should have had a lot more 10 to 15-yard runs. Definitely. And I felt like some of that might have been the burst. For AG, let's see, man. He, I, hey. I mean, I, I want to see it. I think we all said AG needed to slim down. Um, yeah. And also, for him to hear to hear that he said they basically transitioned his role to full-time third down back, the McKissick role. Like, uh-huh. yeah, you needed to slim down. We know you got the hands. We know you can run the routes. We know you got the ability to do it. So, yeah, let, let, like like let's say it. Let's see it. Y'all know I'm big on AG. I think we all big AG fans over here. And I'm just hoping AB. I said AB. Um, EB. Yeah, for sure don't want him on our team. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just hoping EB gets in them opportunities, man, because we know how lethal Gibby can be in the open field. So, that's good to hear. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And that shit kind of ties into, like, when it comes to camp, we don't really know what the enemy's philosophy is. We have no idea. When it comes to an offense. That's what I'm, I'm so curious to see with that. Because he's a running back. Mm-hmm. He's an NFL running back. I, I would be surprised if he wanted to come out here and just be, like, flinging the ball everywhere. Right. I'd be surprised. That's not his thing. We know it's not EB's thing. I mean, yes, they have a very complex and, and sophisticated passing offense, but you know EB wants to run the fucking rock. Yeah. And you know Ron wants to run the fucking rock. Oh, well, yep. Well, and we know, Mar- we know, we know Martin wants to as well. <laughs> Both the Martins. What do you say, 80%? Had <laughs> 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 the fan base uh, fuming. Oh, my God. They were hot. They were like, hey, f- fire the Martins now. You want to run the ball 80% of the time? People were fucking living. <laughs> I was, I know we've been sitting on scene, but I was trying to remember how he said it on his show. And he's like, on our next segment, like, Martin said 80%. <laughs> <laughs> Let's discuss it. <laughs> hey, people were so mad. I think he misspoke, too. Oh, I don't think that's he what definitely he did. He definitely did. Oh, man. 
Bro, the number might have even been like seven out of ten or like six out of ten. People were not happy about that shit. I was like, oh my they god, they weren't happy. Yeah, six out of ten, five out of ten. <laughs> they weren't trying to hear that shit. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't blame them, but still, I mean, this, this is also like three days after the season. Like, there's no way you could take anything he says seriously at this point. Like, he's just talking, right. just saying yeah. things. They just trying to get through the pressure. Yeah, they're like, come on, man. We also, one, two, three, Cancun. They knew what he meant. In the games where we ran the ball a lot, those were the games we won because when you're winning, you run the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Martin, yeah. Marty, you went to fucking Georgetown. Why couldn't you just articulate it that way? <laughs> Instead, you told him, hey, you want to run the ball eight out of ten times. People are like, wait, what? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, the Kate, like the, um, like the Jennifer Lawrence meme. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm like, dog, can you believe it? It is January 8th. Calm down. Right. Right, just relax. <laughs> just, just ignore this press conference. I don't understand why you're taking this shit so seriously. Oh, why are you even watching this? Ain't you niggas exhausted? Ain't you tired yet? <laughs> Real shit. All right, um, let's go back to Chase Young, though, because first off, seeing him come out without uh, the knee brace on some Forrest Gump shit was, was nice to see. Mm-hmm. Then you see him come out, and by everybody who's out there, he looks like the old Chase Young again, like 2020 Chase Young. Not only that, they're coming out in... in I, I guess they, their base defense is Federian in the middle with the other four. I'm like, yo. Oh, yeah, the 5-D line, line. That's our base, baby. That dog, that is music yeah. to my fucking ears. Music that's to my ears, man. <laughs> fucking serious. bullies. Mm-hmm. That's dog. some serious shit right there. Throw some razzle-dazzle and throw Ridgeway in there for some six up fronts. Motherfucker. You need to body slam somebody. Get Ridgeway in there, man. Dog, that, that is stout. That is stout. <laughs> also, he's back on the field. I mean, he tore his peck in January. It's necessary that he's yeah. actually ready to roll. Yeah. Yep. Not even on Puck. Yep. Look, man. Chase, you insert contract year Chase. We just seen the other two D linemen on, on contract years. We know what that led to. Mm-hmm. The, 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 now the, the, these two are on contract years. If they play like the other guys did in contract years, this is a fucking problem, folks. Yep. It's scary hours out there. Yep. That's not an exaggeration, right? Like, Allen is in his prime. Payne is, what, 25? Payne's getting better. Mm-hmm. Chase, Montez, what if they all played great? Mm-hmm. What the fuck are teams going to do? Yep. So, said we have not seen their best as a group, man. And we haven't seen them, you know, all healthy for 16, 17 games. Like, if Chase takes this step, which I believe he's going to, um, Clint, you've been saying it the whole time. You said mm-hmm. top two defense, not two. Um, there's another <laughs> level that they can go. Like, that's some scary hours, man. Um, I'm not trying to be too much of a homer, but when you got that many, that much capital on your D-line, and even De'Ron Payne spoke to it. He said they're they looking to dominate every week. Yeah. From yeah. right out the gate. Good. And, and it's time. They're that's what I want to hear. And Chase, my thing with Chase is Chase is the one guy on our defense that is um, – like all pro, all pro talent level. For right. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one that can take us from being we were a good we were a very good defense last year. This year I think they have a chance to be a dominant defense. Yep. That's yeah. different. That's a different kind like the 49ers like for a lot of last year, they were a dominant defense. Yep. That's where I think they could go if that guy 
and he, he's been in the lab. He went to go see – he was working with Larry Johnson all offseason, worked out with Vaughn. Yep. After they tried to question how much he can't – let me get me started on that. Question yeah. the guys work out. He, he gave <laughs> but, he gave Leno one of one of Vaughn moves early in camp that they were all talking about when he blew right past him. That little quick hand movement. Like, hey yeah. man. Give me hey. Montez, man. If, if, yep. if Montez is a good is a very good player, regardless. I wonder mm-hmm. if he even gets extended. We'll see what happens there. Well, it gets extended before the season starts. Well, I mean, if he gets extended at all, and it's kind of I wanted to say like this is the only year, or this might be the last year. The only year you have all four of these dudes up front playing like at their absolute peaks. I think you're seeing uh, Duran and and Jonathan, and even maybe even say Montez. Maybe you've seen like the best of him, which I mean to me like gives you like a ten to twelve sack year. I, that's good for months. I'll take that as that's long as scary it, hours. Right, Shit. right. And now you're seeing Chase Young looking like 2020 yeah. again. No brace. Two years removed from being hurt, like maybe fully 100% again, but definitely closer than he was in December when it was clearly like 80 or 75%. Like, yeah. if this is the year that y'all going to make the leap, let's go with the motherfucking bang, man. Like, y'all healthy. You have help in the back end. The linebacker core seems to be stronger. Second year in this specific iteration of Jack Del Rio's defense. Like, there's no excuse for y'all not to come out there and whoop some ass day one. Which also speaks to, like you said, why the O-line is looking not so great. I mean, it's the best front in football, possibly. It's the best starting four. Mm-hmm. People want to get in conversation about backups and all that. Okay. In terms of the four, our four versus your four, our four are better than yours. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Shit. What fucking yep. team you name? You can name all the fucking name them, please, Cowboys name them. D-linemen that you want to promise me. Or, they're not better than these four. No, they're not. Period. They're not. Not what currently, no. What about the Niners four? Um, Niners got a good four. Niners got a good four. Yeah, they got, they got, they got, they, they got a pretty good four. Yeah, I mean, a, a damn good four, <laughs> a damn good four. But um, what's my man? Um, what's his name? Um, out of South Carolina, that's kind of been Kim Law. Kim Law. I mean, he's their fourth best. I would take yeah. our fourth best over him, For no sure. doubt. For he's sure. been kind of a, like a bum. Yeah, Bosa and um, uh, Hargraves. Sure. Yeah, they're nice. Like definitely nice. Like best in the NFC, maybe best in the NFL, what they do, but R four is strong all the way through. Yours is just top heavy. Yeah, Dolphins got a good one. They ain't better than ours. Dolphins got a good one too, guy Lee. What about the Giants? Is Leonard Williams better than than Deron Payne? I don't think so. I don't think listen, so either. Um, listen. I'm just saying I, as a collective I know group. he had a great season last year. You know what I mean? I know he whooped some ass in games last year, Dexter Lawrence. Oh, he's nice. He can hoop. Bring up Dexter because Dexter's a problem. Dexter's a problem. Jonathan Allen's a problem too. For sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thibodeau, Thibodeau, Thibodeau's gonna be well, a we, problem this year. We <laughs> basically, we, we <laughs> holy shit, we we basically sparked Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> this, <laughs> this motherfucker got a taste for blood now. It's like, oh, oh yeah, that's how easy it is. This motherfucker Heineken was like, <laughs> was the spark. <laughs> I still can't believe he got drafted that low. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least they whiffed on on Evan Neal, so that, that's that. That's that's good to know. I don't know. Or, or maybe, maybe they didn't whiff on him, but yeah. but if they got Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau like in a matter of like twenty minutes in the same draft, I'm gonna be sick though. I, I can't pretend like I won't be. <laughs> yeah, I think our four is the best in the league. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's finish with the secondary because I, I actually just listened to uh, Nikki Javala talking about it with John Kime, and she was saying 
the same thing I've been hearing all week, that the secondary is deep, they're young, they're versatile. You're seeing a ton of looks. Cool. And, I, golly, I, I mean, we talked about the additions of, of Quan Martin and Emmanuel Forbes. We know that Forbes had a pick six uh, earlier this week. We, we know what this could mean for the defense. Uh, defense that lacks to create turnovers that could be more opportunistic. And, you know, they've kind of lacked playmakers in the back end. Um, at times last year with Curl being hurt and Bob McCain just kind of blowing covers left and right. To hear how good the secondary, I mean, let's, let's keep it, let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. This man began coached. And not for nothing, I seen uh, McCain up there getting cooked by Waller at Giants camp. So, <laughs> so you know. Let, oh, let, let. On Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just happy to see that the secondary is kind of working out the way that I thought it might. Like, you might come out and see a lot of looks this year where it's just these five hogs up front and their best six DVs on the back end, no linebackers. We're going extra heavy up front, extra light in the back end, and we're just running. We're just creating turnovers and causing havoc. Throwing hell looks. Hey, we we spoke on it, and Cliff, you made the point, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up again. I just hope they just find a group that they want to roll with, and they don't try to do too much mixing and matching, guessing. Let's try this, let's try that. Like by week one, I just hope they got the group that they want to roll with and just roll with it. Um, but I do want to bring up St. Juice, who we spoke on in our little chat. Like, yep, everyone's speaking high on St. Juice. Cliff, you kind of said it. He's been the forgotten man. And I don't know why that is. Outside of injury, St. Juice has done everything they've asked him to do. He played inside when Bill Jackson got injured, and then we cut his ass. Juice stepped up. was basically the number one corner following wide receiver one on the opposite team. Um, yeah. And I know we – obviously, we drafted fours. We got Quan, but I don't know why people are forgetting St. Juice because St. Juice is a problem, man. And all, his, his biggest thing is just staying healthy. Um, and, and the flags. And the flag. Oh, for sure, for sure. But he's he's grabby. He's gonna get grabby, better with that. He's but aggressive. I, him, you know him versus Justin Jefferson this year, last season, he played his ass off. That looked like a fucking league corner right there. Uh huh. Played his ass off. He was he going head to head with Jefferson. Yep. Are y'all nervous at all? Um, I, I think he definitely was better on the perimeter than in the slot. He was in the, in the past. Are you nervous uh, about making uh, that? I don't know if I guess the reason I don't know if I can say that is because Bill Jackson was on the outside, and I think it was just a problem. It caused a problem across the board. Yeah, I thought he looked pretty solid in, in the slot. Same. He was solid. I I would say to that cliff, I would say he he might have looked more comfortable outside because that's what he was doing in Minnesota. You know? What yeah, I'm saying? that's what he's doing in Minnesota. I just feel like we blew so many coverages with Bill Jackson in that our whole secondary looked terrible, frankly, yeah. when he was out there. I can't think of too many guys who looked good. He probably, in, as far as that is, yeah, he probably is on the outside, he's on the inside. But mm-hmm. I think I heard Rivera say that even that is going to be something that during games is going to change. Mm-hmm. That yeah. there will be times where, like, St. Juice is on the outside and Fuller's on the inside. Like, they're going to move guys around like that. So I'm cool, I'm cool with that. Yeah, for sure. Because we know Fuller can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have the guys to do it. I mean, even if, if it's not saying Juice one week, I mean, they know that Quan Martin has a, a history as a slot cornerback. I would bet that he's going to be a safety more times than not. But he could move down eventually once he gets his feet wet and, and fill that slot a little bit. But that's the whole point of kind of having like seven to eight interchangeable DBs. You can do a lot of things and kind of see what people settle in and what they do best. And then you can build your defense like from – the back to front based on 
you know, who, who strengths and who and matchups this week and this and that and yada, yada, yada. Look, the secondary has a chance to be – I think Special. that's the group that's going to surprise league-wide. Yep. Like, this is the our best two safeties. we've had in a long time. Yes. I mean, it's, but it's, our two starters got another level that they can go to. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that one was in a contract here. There you go. Yeah. We didn't even mention uh, Derek Forrest. I mean, I know Corey mentioned him, but, I mean, if he takes another jump, we're talking about maybe the, the best starting tandem in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I, I, don't th- I don't think that's an exaggeration to say that Curl could be one of the better safeties in the league. And the way that Forrest is coming along, if they pair them together, that is just like problems for everybody. The only, only thing Cam's missing, like we know, is turning the ball over. Yes, flash he, he matches up with tight ends, matches up with backs. We trust him playing the linebacker position, that Buffalo nickel. Like, Cam could do it all. His next thing to get that bag is just turning the ball over. So, hopefully yeah. working with Depot because Depot found a way to get that ball. <laughs> Man, he was the one motherfucker on the team last year that was creating turnovers. Facts. Yeah. Facts. yeah. You guys got anything else? Anything else from this first week of camp you want to mention specifically? We didn't talk about how, did we? I guess we, we should talk about how. Same. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I don't know why I didn't write how. I definitely wrote how then. I don't know. We skipped. I think we started talking about Trace Young instead of Hal, but I guess Hal should have been the first one we talked about then. Uh, I mean, how do you think he's looked? I know he had a bad day yesterday, or on Friday, I, I should say, um, but they said it's, he's just been up and down. I think if you, I'm listening to the fans who have been there, said he misses sometimes high when he's throwing like like a post corner or like the outbreaking routes, but at least it's not falling short and landing in the devious hands, which is a problem with Heineke way more times than I'd like to admit. Um, but, you know, he has a big arm. Just ran it in, man. It's just you need practice and repetition with these guys, and you'll, you'll figure it out. I ain't going to get too worked over over what people saying. Saying missing this, Sam is like everybody is a fucking guru and looking at, you know, like filming I mean, all this shit now. I mean, we're doing the same thing, but. I feel you. Like, <laughs> my thing is, like, let's see. Let's be happy that they said he can make all the throws. He understands the offense. He doesn't look lost out there. They're getting in and out of the huddle. And based on how camp started from minicamp and OTAs, like, he came out hot, they said. Now, of course, a couple days later, they said he had a cold day. Okay, I'm expecting him to have a cold day when he sees that defense on the other side of the field. And mm-hmm. defense is seeing the same plays over and over. Defense is seeing the same concepts over and over. Like, of course, there's going to be days where the defense just outmatches the offense. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's been a situation where we should be like, damn, Sam's having a bad day. Should we be concerned? Should they plug in Jacoby? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I think I don't think I've heard that he's been bad. I think he they said that he's kind of shown progress. Actually, I think I, I heard that he showed a lot of progress from this time last year to now um, that his focus cleaned up, that he's displaying like the strong arm with confidence now and how he's, he's kind of been a leader on this team. He hasn't been like the like the silent, but, you know, um, you know, not, not the silent. That's not what I'm looking for. But, the, you know, silent confidence type of guy. Like, he leads the team. He don't talk a lot. But they, he clearly has, like, a grasp on the huddle. And the guys respect him. And they definitely know that he can hoop a little bit. So, you know, that, that kind of adds to his appeal that we actually believe in you and believe that you can run this offense. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. When is, when is the Ravens sweep? After the first preseason game, so we got two weeks from now. Yeah, at least two, three weeks. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore Commanders joint practice because we got the Browns first in preseason. Yeah, the nasty man. 
<laughs> um, joint practice is August 21st, the week of August 21st. So not for a whole The game month, is though. the 21st. Yeah. yeah. So it's the week before that. Mm-hmm. I think, listen, I think until we – we're going to find out about the O-line once the pads go on. And Absolutely. They're yep. doing 11s in the O-line. He's getting their asses kicked and how it's just like in practice, how has no time to throw. We'll probably mm-hmm. see a lot of like, oh, how complete the pass, but that would have been a sack sort of stuff. You know it. Yep. Um Yeah. Probably. I, I mean feel like a lot of this is just like with how this like goes back to the E B thing. Because we don't really know what the enemy's philosophy is. We don't know how much this impacts Sam or not, right? Okay, he has high throws, but what is what is the enemy's version of this offense of the West Coast? We don't know if it's if it's more RPO heavy. Like, is he going to lean into that? What parts of how strengths is he going to lean into? Like, that's the part that I'm so curious to see because. Quarterbacks have high throws, like they all do. I don't, you know, I mean, how much can we put into that? We miss some throws. As long as we don't hear them hitting people in the feet like fucking Wentz, I think we're good <laughs> there. Yeah, but then to that point, Cliff, like, they say some of his throws, he threw it to the wrong receiver or there was someone open in the flat. Well, there's been scenarios where Riverboat and EB said, well, Sam went back to us, said he knew what read to go to, but he wanted to try this to see if it's going to work down the line. Like, that's a part of camp. You're trying shit to see if, you know, in the game situation, am I going to be able to get the receiver, receiver the ball in this situation? If not, I know I could hit AG or B-Rob in the flat or Logan out in the – you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we don't know the situation. So, I wouldn't overanalyze it too much. Right. And to your point, the fact that we're not hearing a whole lot of the shit we were hearing last year, like, hey, this motherfucker Wentz is a mess. And, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't see yeah. how the shit's going to work out. We were hearing a lot of that last year, weren't we? Yep. Yeah. Every I, day. I, yeah. I wasn't hearing none of that. I, I've heard clearly more good than bad. And the fact that they're bringing up, oh, he overthrows some receivers on out routes. I mean, not that you're cherry picking for bad things, but it's just. I mean, that's the least of our worries. Oh well. My, sometimes, sometimes you miss a receiver going across the field. That's my thing. Is if he wasn't oh, well. looking good, they would tell us. Yep. Gleefully, we know they would. Gleefully, you know how the fuck they get down. You, I know they would be quick to let us know if he wasn't looking good. <laughs> they would be quick to let us know. Yep. Hey, should say hey, should you? We would already see the articles. Hey, Jacoby's looking pretty decent. Nah, mm-hmm. nah. I, I think I think the local the local folks would already be be trying to put that energy out there. So, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Like you said, man, when something's afoot at Commanders Camp, you know that these local motherfuckers are quick to be like, hey, guess what I found out? Your season's gonna be your season's gonna be trash. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's, that, what's that Kermit gift where he typed it on the typewriter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this man, Michael Phillips, on Twitter, like, can't wait to fire that shit up and be like, oh, my God, Howell looks a fucking mess. Your season's right. over. Right. Yep. <laughs> fire that sweet off real quick. Oh, he's like, these motherfuckers are just gleefully just telling you that, that your fall's about to be ass. The opening of, of, of Standings Pod last year with Wentz, he's like, uh, Wentz had a bad day again. 
Oh man, oh, isn't it nice to have good vibes between like Snyder being gone and the team the being promising? Gone, no, the, the vibes are, are immaculate, as they say. <laughs> they really are, man. They really are. That's but that's why it's so important that like it's followed by wins, man. Yeah, was, it's a good like, some yep. like good performances. Don't yep. Like, let's hope that there's not a preseason overreaction either way. Like regardless of what happens in the preseason. Oh, you know, we really it's really you know. only two preseason games for real, right? But that's why it's important that week one week one is a big it's gonna be a big day. Yeah. It's gonna be a big day. We're playing and you and it's perfect because you're playing one of the worst rosters in the league. Yeah. The place is gonna be packed. Uh-huh. There's gonna be a, especially if the preseason just goes smoothly. There's going to be such a positive energy in that building that has not been there literally probably since the day it opened. Mm-hmm. It's probably the last time it was that. Wait, what was our home playoff win the year we lost to the Seahawks? Who did we play at home? It was the Bucks, but that, yeah. that, that wasn't at home, though. It was, it was in Tampa. In Tampa. No, that was in Tampa. That's yeah. right. Our last home playoff win was versus the Lions in 99. Jesus. <laughs> oh my god um yep. <laughs> it, the vibes would like it'll be the best that place has been yeah since the day it opened man. Paul, you remember and, the days of like like to cliff's point remember you used to pull up the fedex and it'd be lines to get into the parking lot like mm-hmm. over the last five to seven years it's just been like man ain't nobody here yet you stroll right in that bitch I, I'm getting the vibe that that first day to Cliff's point, like I just think week one, it's it's going to be like how it was before, before all the nonsense. Um, and like Chris, yeah. I just hope it translates to the field, man. We need to keep that good energy going. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be there to share, man. Yep. yep. I I kind of had said this in previous pods about the team, like about them hitting the inside straight. I always use that that phrase, and I don't know what the inside straight means for this team. I mean, not the Super Bowl. Like I, I wouldn't say like that needs to be where they get, but Dan's gone. Right, the team is talented. We think the team is talented. There's a young quarterback that looks pretty good. The fans are excited to come back. If they were to make some momentum right now, like some real tangible momentum, win 11 games, it, mm. it would change the entire momentum mm-hmm. of this. It would just do a complete 180. We're talking about this time next year, where I mean, I'm not saying like we've made it all the way back, but like it feels like the team has now moved on from the past mm-hmm. quarter century with Dan. If you yeah, lose, yeah. you lose 12 games this year. Yeah, it sucks. But like it would just feel like like not it would feel like Dan is still here, but it would be like oh damn it. Well, it hasn't turned well, around quite as yet because you know. Would, but it would also mean that there is change coming, right? It would. I think for sure. Like right, that's part of what it, this season. It, like that's the weird thing about this season. If the season doesn't go well, I don't think there's going to be this incredible amount of negativity fan base wise because then that'll say to us, well, now it's time for ownership. To, to hire reset somebody. this thing and do the thing their yep. way, right? Yeah. If the team, and I said this to y'all in the chat, if Sam Howell is an NFL starting quarterback, this will be one of the top five rosters in the league going into 2024. Mm-hmm. I'm almost certain of it. Just in terms of like where the roster's at currently, what their cast-based situation is looking like, in the age of their, their team, if he is an NFL starter, you're everybody's back. Yep. Uh-huh. Plus, you're you're adding more. 
you'll be you have, an inc- you'll be a very good team next year. Yep. You have a million uh a million trillion in cap space next year and shit. I mean, you're gonna have to sign your own guys back, but you have like over yeah. 100 million cap. But you're in a good spot. Yeah, you're in a good yeah. spot, right? You, you I mean, and you're signing your guys back who are like 25, 26 yeah. years old. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you'll have you'll you'll have your picks. It that is the part that is when you talk about the inside straight. To me, that's like the long play here. It'd be one thing for them to fluke into eleven and six with Jacoby playing, right? And that'd be great. Be a nice season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. If they go eleven and six, and we're like, man, Sam is like actually Mm -hmm. a guy. Everything is on the table going forward. Yep. (laughs) It's different. It's real different. (laughs) Yeah. Like it, it would be. Everything will be on the table going forward, Facts. especially given where the other teams in the conference are at, let alone the division. Yeah, let alone the division. Facts, facts, facts.